This is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 to 18. It is not to angels that he subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honour and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who is made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honour because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through um, everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humility, so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. Thanks so much, Mark. Shall we pray as we begin? Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. Please would you speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I've got a bit of a confession to make as we begin. I'm a bit of a Doctor Who fan. And now, it's been going on for 60 years, so clearly I'm not the only one out there. Um, And I think there's something about Doctor Who which makes it so well-loved. There's this hope and positivity of this alien who's travelling through time and space in a police telephone box, saving the day. And the main hero, the Doctor, looks human, but fundamentally, he isn't. He's a Time Lord. And very often on an episode, he might be able to blend in and pretend that he's human for a bit, but then people will discover that he's actually an alien. You know, he has two hearts. He can cheat death by regenerating. He's insanely clever and wise because he's lived for hundreds of years. And very often, that is actually crucial to the plot. He can save the day because he's the doctor. He's not actually human. And in the early days of Christianity, Some people thought that Jesus was a bit like this. You know, he might have looked human and acted like a human, but he only seemed to be human. He wasn't actually human at all. Because how on earth could God become a human? 
In Hebrews chapter 1, as we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that Jesus is fully divine. He's supreme over everything. And often that's the part of our Christianity that people struggle with. I think often people are happy to accept that Jesus was a real human being. There's very clear historical evidence for that. But people struggle to believe that he was anything more. And so I think sometimes we spend a lot of time focusing on Jesus' divinity without thinking about why it matters that he was human. Because it's actually mind-blowing that Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. And I wonder, have you ever thought about why it matters that Jesus was fully human? Our passage just lunchtime demonstrates that it really does. Being fully human meant that Jesus could really identify with us. And there are three things this meant he could be. It means he could be our ultimate ruler, our ultimate brother, and our ultimate saviour. So firstly, Jesus being fully human means that he can be our ultimate ruler. The writer of Hebrews has been talking about angels, and now he turns to humanity. And we get at the start of our passage this quotation from Psalm chapter 8. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honour and put everything under their feet. And in Psalm 8, the psalmist is marvelling at the exalted role of humanity in creation. Right at the very start of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, God created humankind in his own image and commanded them to rule over the earth and all the creatures in it. And this is the role that humanity was supposed to take, to reflect God's glory and to rule over God's world. But I don't think you need me to tell you that something has gone massively wrong. In the words of verse 8, we don't see everything subject to human beings. And very often what we do see is abuse of power, corruption, mismanagement, selfishness, greed. And even those in power with the best of intentions still make mistakes and let people down. I think it's fair to say they're in politics because we want to make a difference. But sometimes it can be so hard to actually bring change about. Human beings are meant to rule the world. But when we turned away from God, it all went wrong. And it can leave us feeling pretty hopeless. But if we turn to our passage and read on to verse 9, we may not see that everything under control now, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honour. We get this beacon of hope that when humanity failed, Jesus stepped in and fulfilled our role for us. By becoming human, Jesus was able to be the ultimate human, and do what we had failed to do. It's a bit like an MP in a parliamentary democracy. You know, someone who's voted in to represent the people, to make decisions and govern on their behalf. And to be an MP, you have to be one of the people being represented. And in a similar way, Jesus is our representative who acts on our behalf. And he could only do this by becoming fully human. And while MPs don't always fulfil their role perfectly, Jesus, as our representative, fulfils humanity's role absolutely perfectly. And while we might not see his rule fully realised yet, we know that one day it will be. 
we get this glimpse of the new creation of Jesus on the throne with humanity assisting him in brooding over all of creation just as it was meant to be. And this means that when we look at the mess that the world is in, we can have real hope. Because yes, human beings have messed things up, but it's not the end of the story. One day everything will be put right and the world will be in a good and perfect order. And this could only happen if Jesus humbled himself, if he made himself lower than the angels for a little while, so that he could be one of us and thus fulfil humanity's role in ruling over creation. But secondly, we see that he's not just our ruler, but being fully human means Jesus could be our ultimate brother as well. Because by being human, Jesus could draw us into his family. If you look at verse 11, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. And if we trust in Jesus, he's talking about us. Jesus isn't ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. And we see that Jesus is not just any older brother, but the very best. Now I have an older sister who I'm really close to. I mean, we had our moments growing up. But throughout my life, I've always looked up to her, and often I found myself following in her footsteps. And I think sometimes she found this a bit frustrating. I mean, she still complains to this day that she had to fight for things with my parents to get permission to do certain things, and she had a real battle and struggle, whereas I just waltzed along a few years later and had it easy. And I'm sure that's the pain of any older siblings who are here today. And in a similar way, as our older brother, Jesus also leads the way for us to follow. In verse 10, we see that he's the pioneer of our salvation. Pioneers lead the way. And they often make me think of those explorers cutting through a jungle where no one has ever gone before. And in doing so, they make the way easier for those who follow. And likewise, Jesus has lived a human life perfectly and blazed a trail for us to follow. Indeed, we see in verse 10 that he is perfect. And of course, Jesus was morally perfect, but that's not what the writer is talking about here. Jesus was perfect for the role, and he was made perfect through what he suffered. And then looking at verse 18, it says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Because Jesus was fully human, he knows what it is like to suffer. He has been through it all, And we can turn to him in suffering, and he really can help. If you're going through a challenging situation, it's always helpful to talk to someone who's been through something similar, because they can often understand and empathise on a level that someone who hasn't been through it can grasp. And so even now, I often call up my older sister for a chat if I'm facing a particularly challenging situation, because often she's been through it like something before and can give some good advice. God didn't stay distant and remote from human suffering, but instead stepped down into it, taking on humanity and all the suffering that that entails. And if we look at the New Testament, we see that Jesus knew unimaginable suffering. He was tempted. He was hungry and tired. His family didn't understand him. He grieved the death of a close friend. He was betrayed by those close to him. He was rejected, scorned, mocked. 
and ultimately he suffered unimaginable torture and pain and death. Let's just take a moment to pause and wonder at just how amazing it is that God loves us so much that he would willingly take on human form and willingly step down into all the hurt and pain and brokenness of our world. No matter what you're going through, Jesus has experienced it. And we can always turn to him and know that when we pray, we're praying to a God who truly understands and grieves with us and suffers alongside us. So we've seen that Jesus is our ultimate ruler and our ultimate brother. But finally, being fully human means that Jesus could be our ultimate saviour as well. Ultimately, being human meant that Jesus could experience death. We read in verse 14 that Jesus was flesh and blood like us, and he too shared in our humanity, which meant that he had to face death too. Death is unavoidable. We all live under the shadow of it. Think in politics, we're partial to a hard-hitting statistic, and here's one. One out of one people will die. And we don't know when it will be, but whether it's just around the corner or still decades away, we will all have to face death at some point. And that can be really scary. We do whatever we can to try and put off the inevitable, to try and forget about it and relegate death to the side corner. But every now and then, something will bring us face to face with our mortality. Maybe a loved one dies, or we get a serious health diagnosis. And that can really shake us. Something in us rails against death. When we encounter death, it feels wrong. And that's because it's not how things should be. We read in the Bible that death is the consequence of human sin. When humans turned away from God in Genesis 3, death entered the world. The created order was broken. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 that the wages of sin is death. It's the result of turning away and rejecting God. That leaves us trapped under the power of death and enslaved to fear. And because Jesus is fully human, he too faced death, but with a difference. The wages of sin is death, but Jesus didn't sin. He led a perfect, sinless life in full obedience to God. He didn't mess up once. And so when he died, as you read in verse 15, he was able to break the power of death and the devil by rising again. His resurrection shows that death has been defeated. And this gives us real hope. We all have to face death, but we know it is not the end. If we trust in Jesus, we too will rise again one day and get to enjoy eternal life with him in the new creation. We are no longer slaves to the fear of death. Its power over us has been utterly defeated. We have been set free. And why can we have this assurance? The other part of Jesus being our ultimate saviour can be found in verse 17, where we read, For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. In the Old Testament, the high priest had a very important role in carrying out animal sacrifices, which is the mechanism which God provided as a way for taking away the sins of the people. And crucially, the high priest had to be one of the people for this to work, so that he could mediate between the people and God. 
And what's so extraordinary about Jesus is that he was both the high priest and also the sacrifice. On the cross, he became the once and for all sacrifice for sins, so that all the sins of humanity could be dealt with. And he could only do that by becoming one of us, by becoming fully human himself. This meant that he could live the life that we should have lived and die the death that we should have died. And so we can have absolute assurance that our sin has been dealt with. We no longer need to fear death. We know it's not the end. Jesus has blazed a trail through death and out the other side for us to follow. So as we finish, we see that Jesus becoming fully human is vital. And our response should be to turn to him and trust in him, whether that's for the first time or the hundredth time. As our ultimate ruler, Jesus truly fulfills the role of humanity on behalf of us. As our ultimate brother, he leads the way for us to go and can truly empathise with us in the challenges and suffering of life. And as our ultimate saviour, he gives us assurance that our sin has been fully and finally dealt with, and so we can have hope in the face of death, because its power has been defeated. So let's turn to him in prayer now. Jesus, we are amazed that you would lower yourself to become fully human. Thank you that in doing so, you are fully able to identify with us, to be our ultimate ruler, brother and saviour. Thank you that you can empathise with us in our suffering and that you have set us free from the power of sin and death. For any of us here who are facing a challenging situation at the moment, help us to find our strength and comfort in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.